Welcome to Bears on Tap, brought to you by ontapsportsnet.com and presented by Manscaped. If you're looking for the best manscaping products on the planet, go to manscaped.com and browse their awesome selection. The Lawnmower 3.0 brings you 7,000 RPMs of skin safe technology so you don't nick your balls or any other sensitive areas. Are you looking to keep your boys fresh all day long? No problem. Go and pick up the ball toner and deodorant so you're fresh all day long. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code ONTAP to get 20% off and free shipping on all your manscaping needs. Red Grange joined us immediately after his last collegiate game against Ohio State. Yeah. And you say Shot City. Shot City. Shot City. Coming home again. Quick pitch to Walter, looking for the record, cuts back, he's got it, he's out of it at 25. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. You know what they say, that money calling, that money on the phone. All right, everyone, welcome back. We are doing our Packers preview. Obviously, it's the ultimate meat on the table week. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46. Also joined alongside by Brandon Suarez at BDON 300 and that pod guy, Duke Duke Coughlin. You can also go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap for all of our article content, good stuff like that, and on Tap Sportsnet. Gentlemen, how are we feeling for this Packers preview? Listen, I'm going to keep it as real as I possibly can here, ladies and gentlemen. If you can't get psyched up for Bears Packers week, you don't have a fucking pulse. Yeah, and I mean, realistically, we got beat on back. Finally, he took the day off because he was all glizzied out and just like literally choking on 27 inches of encased meat. Tube steak. Hey, we're not fucking losing. Um, I had a rough, I had a rough go of it Monday night during Monday night football with the glizzy contest. Uh, I didn't eat them plain. I added all the fixings in there as Duke would say. And yeah, by the end of the eighth dog, or I said by the end of the third dog, but I didn't put it in the video until the, the end. Uh, it was on my Twitter. I am convinced we're not losing this game. Obviously I didn't even know at the time that Mitch was going to be the starter. We kind of all knew, but you know, the bears keep those kind of things very close to the waist until the absolute last second. To the waist, huh? Just throwing out the whole vest cliche. You got your own fucking saying, baby, put that belt on the extra loop too tight. Okay. You know, Ryan Pace got those <laughs> tight ass great pants on hugging his legs, the nut huggers. No, but um, yeah, realistically, we speculated that heavy on the episode that you were gone. Obviously you listened to it, Dick. I did. No, I did. I did. I didn't punch any holes in my wall though. No, none. Um, but no, yeah, we kind of knew. I listen, I wouldn't have known that part. No, right? that's true. You, <laughs> no, I was you like actually, doing my homework. I was doing my homework while I was listening. I actually, I'm not going to lie, there was a couple points where I'm like trying to focus on my homework and you're just ranting about some shit. And I'm like, all right, pause. I'll be back in a second. <laughs> you sent me videos of you just saying Mitchy Mitch right after we said Mitch was going to start. So I completely <laughs> brain farted. But um, no, realistically... I mean, I think you could speculate as, as hard-headed as Nagy is coming out of this bye. I think even if Nick Foles is healthy, 
Mitch is probably the starter, but realistically, Nick Foles is not healthy, and Duke's going to give us the injury report in a hot second, and then we're going to have a love fest for Mitchell Trubisky, and then we'll talk about this game. So go ahead, Duke, kick us off with this injury report. Yeah, man, I got to give you that. I think uh, Matt Nagy got real fucking lucky that the cards fell the way they did because I don't see a reality where you could possibly throw Nick Foles out there again against guys like Preston Smith and well, I guess not Preston Smith. He's been nowhere to be found, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I just wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense, but anyway, let's get straight to the injury report. Obviously Nick Foles has not participated at practice all week. He is listed as doubtful, obviously not getting the start. That's officially been announced in case you've been living under a rock. Mitchell Trubisky will be starting under center QB one against green Bay Packers. Um, Akeem Hicks is kind of the really big one. That's kind of been uh, not talked about enough. He has not participated in practice all week. He has a hamstring injury and he's questionable. Um, if Akeem is not playing, I would assume Brent urban is going to play in his spot. And we're going to see a lot of Brent urban, Mario Edwards kind of combo there. You know what? Let's uh, pause there for one second though. Cause that injury in general was just, it was almost like Akeem Hicks knew that like right after he made a play where he kind of ch- like, really strung out a play on Dalvin cook and probably had to turn on the jets a little bit. Um, and Akeem Hicks's sense. And it just seemed like he pulled up, walked off to the sidelines on his own power, but he just kind of knew right away. He called it. He's like, yo, I, I pulled my hammy, but it's just kind of weird that it's lingered like that for him to, to walk off and seem completely fine. And then after a bye week, it's still lingering. You know what I mean? Well, you know, and the thing that kind of gives me optimism about the whole thing is if you remember last year, second game against the Packers up to that game, Akeem had not played most of the season and it was probably an injury. He should have never came back from, but he did come back for that second green Bay game a little early. Didn't end up playing the whole game, but the way Akeem's built, I have a hard time really thinking that he's going to sit this one out, especially with how this season is right now. It's such a crucial pivotal point in the year. We're in the playoff hunt, but we're not there. We have not earned, we have not, we're on We've the not fucking graphic, dude. Don't say oh, that. We're bro. on the graphic. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, realistically, if this Ravens game gets canceled, which it looks like it's going to, that adds an eighth spot. So then the Bears right. are actually uh, that, no longer that, in the hunt. Is that the actual, like, I haven't, all I saw was like, they might lose their game checks. If that is what happens on if Tuesday. A game, then, if, if a game gets canceled, then there's an extra spot added on each side to okay. make up for the revenue. On the topic of Akeem Hicks, uh, he did still participate in his little turkey drive, though, too, injury or not. So a man of the people, one of the all-time great Chicago Bears, like not even just for what he's done on the field, just an all-around great guy. And to even be out there during an injury just tells you a lot about who Akeem Hicks really is. Absolute lunch pail guy. Yeah, dude. And let's be honest. If uh, our coach was actually cool with putting captain patches on the jerseys, you'd know he'd have a big old captain's patch for every year he's been with the bears. So there's just so many things about Matt and a year that are just so jag offish. like just fucking name some. Captains, I'm surprised dude. he hasn't taken the C's off the helmets yet and has us running around there like the fucking football team with our numbers on them. He just fucking he puts like the uh, the secondary logo, the like the old the old bear that Lucas has as the background of his uh his screen up there. All right, so what are you thinking? But is Akeem Hicks playing or no? He's questionable, but if I was gonna bet money on it, I'd probably take it. Yeah, just because it's Green Bay week. It's, you know how that Soldiers, man is. He's yeah. trying to play. Soldiers march. It's that simple. Get back to it, Duke. 
Yeah. All right. So Danny, uh, Danny T had a personal, personal day on Wednesday. He was full go all week. He'll be good to go. Um, John Jenkins has also a full participant this week. That's going to be a big, uh, bolster to the inside. If Akeem does not end up playing. Um, so he's going to be good to go. My boy, Sirac McManus. Uh, he has a hand injury. He is sitting at questionable, but he was a full participant both Thursday and Friday, probably drinking a bit of the Ciroc tonight. Um, we got Cordell Patterson. He was a full go Thursday and Friday. He'll be good to go. Rashawn Coward. Uh, now this is confusing because he's been a full participant all week, but he's sitting at questionable right now. So I don't know, man, with how this injury report's been played with all year. I don't know if this is like Matt Nagy's way of telling him he's benched or I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Uh, but you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, man, yes, Maggie apparently no, doesn't that's, have to that's fine. If that's what he has to do, but that's so fucking soft. Just bench the guy. Well, I mean, the, we're talking about the guy who benched, uh, who had his offense coordinator bench Mitch. So, I mean, what do you expect? Um, but anyway, moving on here, Barcavius Mingo, who is actually a guest with Anthony Adams driving in a Benz full participant practice this week. He'll be good to go. Dave Montgomery will be back as well. Uh, back out of concussion protocol. He was full so go. Huge. So huge. Dude. Speaking of huge, Sam Mustafer, full participant all week. He'll be good to go as well. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, obviously don't need to say much there. Uh, Ten's going to put his meat on the table. Now, these are some <laughs> yeah, so right shoulders here. Shoulders fine then, right? Shoulders good? Shoulder, yeah. Right, shoulders 100%. As good as it's <laughs> he ever straight felt, up, So he said that he he's injured his shoulder multiple times, and he said the first day after, he was actually very concerned for, like, not even just this year, but for the future going forward. And then he said like the second or third day, he was like, oh, I'll be back no time. It's probably because he watched a Sunday game where Nick Bowles was just getting his shit pumped. He's like, no, I'm actually good. Let me put some Bengay on this real quick. Yeah, let me just let me just warm my arm up over here. <laughs> just, yeah, let me just mix up some Bengay, Tiger Balm, and mayonnaise and just uh, fucking slather it all over my arm. He's at the crib watching <laughs> the game. He goes and gets the keys to the Corolla and drives to Hallis Hall right away to start getting some throws in. Hell yeah, dude. I guarantee you he did not. He's not even thinking about bringing out the Maserati. He's driving the fucking Corolla. 100%. Um, dude, I need that coming out party. We'll get to it later, but we need the the resurgence of our boy, Mitch. All right. Well, uh, there's two big ones right uh, right before we end here. Uh, Charles Leno has not participated all week with a toe injury. He is sitting at questionable. I know Leno is probably the most dragged person on this Bears team, probably overall. We need a left tackle still. Yeah, I was going to say, man, having him out is significant. You know, as much as anyone wants to trash him, he is still a significant. He's still a starter in the NFL. I, I will. I'll die on that hill. You know, as good of a starter as, you know, that's that's up for discussion. But Charles Leno is a big, big piece of our offensive line. Him being out would be scary for Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and we got Buster Screen, who was a limited participant on Friday with an ankle injury, who is questionable. Um, Kendall Vidor, Duke Shelley could uh, s- slide in there if that is the deal. Um, I know Buster's been struggling a bit. I don't know if that's kind of been something that's lingering with him, but uh, we'll have to see. And that's that's kind of what the uh, injury reports look at for the Bears. Now, with the Packers, there are a lot of names on this list. So what I kind of get grab out of it is it looks like most most of them are probably going to play, but a lot of them are going to be playing banged up. Tell us who's out for sure. <sighs> None of them are out for sure. Okay. But so a ton of questionable tags. Yeah, um, I would say if I was going to give any of them out, it would have to be uh, Marquez Valdez Scatling, um, which, hey, big shout out to MVS. You know, we all 
here in Chicago, we would never send you death threats. That's petty and childish. And anyone who does that deserves to be thrown off a bridge, like probably, you know, with a shallow, shallow river or something. Cause that's really, fucked yeah, nobody up. gives well, a fuck don't... about anyone's fantasy team. Like you're and you are definitely like someone that lives in your mom's well, basement. They lost the, they lost the game as well, but I think it's more so just listen, let's not act yeah. like Chicago fans are innocent. I'm sure there's, People threaten, but even Cody if they're Fox, Chicago like, fan, we we don't over condone it with, it. The, with the Nick yeah. Foles thing. Remember, we talk about it. No, you're a scumbag. You're a scumbag for sure. But it's different because they're from Green Bay, so they're a different kind. It's that Kankakee scum. So, you know what I'm saying, and dude? Don't don't bring Kankakee in, bro. So uh, I actually just scrolled past the Chicago Bears on CBS on uh, on the internet here on my phone. The full list of undefeated starting quarterbacks with three plus starts. Does anybody have a guess? Mitchell Trubisky. Well, it's a beautiful graphic, bro. Like Mitch, his arms look like he can bench 225 with one of them. Like he's throwing (laughs) bombs on on Sunday. Like it's like I'm getting big Josh McCown vibes from like the Shane McClellan game. dude. We'll get to it, beat on. Let (laughs) let him let's fucking let Duke get to the rest of this. All right. All right. So, yeah, um, Valdez Scatlings, he has an Achilles injury and he actually didn't participate on Friday. So that's concerning. He's sitting at questionable, a good chance he doesn't end up playing. Um, also, their backup wide receiver, Equinamia St. Brown. He is limited with a knee injury. I know B-Don knows a lot about that guy from the, his Notre Dame days. Um, Kevin King, also starting cornerback for them. He was a limited participant all week, as well with an Achilles injury. I don't know if that's just something in the water in Green Bay. That's that's brut- that's that's tough injury, regardless how serious it is. Um, then Corey Lindsley, he is uh, their starting center, is dealing with a back injury. He's a limited participant. That's where if Akeem does end up playing, that's going to be a crucial matchup inside. Um, maybe not specifically with Lindsay, but to have that to deal with on the outside of Lindsay on one of his outside shoulders, that's a big problem to have. Um, Josh Jackson is also has not participated Wednesday or Thursday. It was limited on Friday. He is their kind of their de facto number three corner, and uh, he's uh, he's questionable with concussion as well. Um, and yeah, I'd say that's really it for the significant ones. They got Tyler Irvin, who's a running back, but he's more of a special teams guy. He's also questionable. So, all right. So obviously we're all pretty fucking pumped up. And I think most of Chicago feels the same way that, I mean, it's, it's so funny, dude, the hypocrisy in 2020 is just so real all over the place. But the reality is the same people that wanted to run Mitch out of town are just on their knees begging for Mitchell back. I actually wanted to make this thing and it just, it didn't work, but I had a Ms. Uh, Bismarck key ready to go. And it was like, true. You got what I need. Like I had it, I had it ready to go, but I was just like, uh, it doesn't really make sense. Like I wanted it to be continuity with the song and it just, it, it, I couldn't make it work with the faces and everything. So it didn't work out. I had to, I had to like holster it for a little while. But the reality is we're going to talk about Mitch for a little bit because we're all pumped up. So I'm going to give us each. I mean, I'm going to play a clip for you first. Duke's going to read you a little quote, and then we're all going to have three minutes. I'm going to put us all on a timer to just just fucking blow Mitch. So um, let's start with this. Let's start with this clip first. Hey, Mitch, have you been able to to figure out uh, Bears fans or maybe just fans in general? Because there was a time maybe when – People wanted you replaced as quarterback, and now I don't know if you've been paying attention, but people have been calling for you over the last few weeks, and they're ecstatic that you're back. What do you think when you hear that? I I, I, I haven't been paying attention to it, and I really 
focus on trying not to pay attention to it. So I've been here for four years. Um, uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. So, but I got nothing uh, but love in my heart for the fans of the city of Chicago. And um, I think if, if, if on offense, defense, and special teams, if we can match the fans' passion for this team, then I think that's how you go out there and play with a lot of will and passion and put a good product on, on the field that you're proud of because that's what we want. We want the fans to be proud, and that's all I'm trying to do, play football um, this weekend with a great, great opportunity. So. It's just like for all you guys that were scumbags of this guy, shame on you, dude. I wish I could take a newspaper to the back of your head like a dog and put your nose in this and just make you smell your own accident in the house because shame on you, dude, no matter how much you drag this man, he still said, and he knows it. He gets it, bro. He gets it. And he knows he let us down, but he gets it. He understands entirely. He straight up said, if you play with the passion of the Chicago fans, we'll put out a fucking unbelievable product on the field. Oh God, this motherfucker just does it to me every single time. He wins my heart every single time. All right. So when I hear this quote, man, it kind of reminds me of like this, this old situation, you know, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening have been through something similar. It's kind of like that hot girl you dated in high school and uh, she ends up leaving you for, you know, the absolute D bag who is doing apps, you know, nothing with their life, you know, all that fun stuff. And then you see him like 10 years later and uh, you know, you're, you're just succeeding, dude. You're just winning at life. You, you have a new chick on your shoulder or under your arm. You're just doing great. And you see that old girlfriend and they just, they try being nice to you. They try telling you how, how happy they are as they, you know, are dealing with their terrible situation, their second divorce and all that fun stuff. And uh, the bet, the, just the biggest, the biggest shot you can take to them the biggest stab in the heart you can do to them is just walk away with that big old smile, knowing that you're you're just doing great in life, and I think that's what Mitch is doing, man. <laughs> you're I, I, jack off. I, I think I think Mitch is just looking at you know all Hold these. Up, I'm sh- you had that you had that one thing though before because I said we're gonna be on the timer because I know we all want to gush about him. You had that all right, one. All right, all right. I, now that I got my fucking my my situation out of the way. All right. So probably the thing that stood out to me the most out of this, besides, you know, the obvious, I don't care quote that's been rolling around Twitter because that's just amazing. And it calls back to Jay Cutler, which it's got me about like three quarters. But, um, so one thing that Mitch really kind of went into was, uh, his mindset after he got benched. And this is what he said more than anything. I was caught off guard. I think at the beginning of the season, I was just starting to build some momentum and it kind of felt like a blind side. And then I had to embrace a new role. First couple of days, it sucked being in that role, but I was just trying to continue to keep perspective and think long-term. I want to play in this league a long time. And if I want to do that, there's things that I just need to continue to get better at. At that point, I just changed my mindset to embrace practice. I was doing my job on the scout team, just trying to give the defense a good look, taking a lot of pride in that and preparing them for weeks. And the defense has been playing really, really well. And I feel like I was a part of that being on the scout team and just leading those guys on scout team and giving them good looks. And I did feel like during the few weeks that I got better as a player, just testing different throws, leading the offense, seeing a lot of good looks from our defense and going against them. It was, a, it was tough. It was an adjustment, but I always felt hopeful for another opportunity. This quote right here tells me that Mitch is willing to do anything at this point to win, to keep this job, to be the guy, whether it's in Chicago, whether it's in another city, he knows he wants to play in this league for a long time and he's willing to do 
anything to do it. You know, I don't think we're going to see the timid Mitchell Trubisky we saw in 2019. You know, I don't think we really saw a timid Mitchell Trubisky early in the year, but I think that's just going to be tenfold coming into this game. Mitch, at the end of the day, man, you got six games for the rest of your Chicago career to prove that either you're the guy or you're, you're going to be the quarterback on another team, man. This, this is what movies are made of the comeback story, the ultimate time of redemption. Everyone has bet against this guy. Everybody has said he can't do it. Everybody has said he's trash. Everybody's going to bring up those two quarterbacks that were drafted after him. Everything has not gone in Mitchell Trubisky's direction. And for the next six games, he has, he has the opportunity to shut every last one of those motherfuckers up. Beat on. You're on the clock, homie. Mitch, Mitchy, Mitch, we back, baby. So four score and two years ago, before you guys were even a part of on tap sports net, when I was getting ready for the 2019 season, one of my final articles that hit the website was this is Mitch's year. I don't remember exactly what the title was, but it was like basically what we're doing right now on the podcast, but in written form. Me sucking Mitch off for probably about nine paragraphs on just how he was about to have the best season that he in his career. And it was because of the things that we saw him get better at in 2018. Obviously, I ate several crows on that. And throughout the season last year and even this year, um, I've kind of in my own friends group been getting a lot of shit about Mitch. So this is actually personal to me. Like, I want to be right so bad about Mitch and I feel like <laughs> I'm such do, a jagoff. I'm no, such a jagoff. I want to be right about him so bad. And but at like, least being right about him for you is means the Bears are good, you yeah. know? Well, and, and I mean, the thing is, is like, he's 3-0. and We're just going to put that out there. But <laughs> played some winning football this year. And we talked about it when it happened. I was uh, at my brother's house watching the game, and when when we go there – he gets the whole setup. We got like every TV going, but the biggest one in the house, obviously on the Bears game, everyone in that room was like looking at me like, your boy's done. Like, it's Nick Foles time, baby. And then, of course, we get the comeback. So they're like, Nick Foles is God at that moment. For me with Mitch, it is like Duke said, it's the perfect redemption tour. It's the perfect opportunity to right your wrongs. There is no reason that if he puts together a span that we go like four and two and, and find a way to win football games and get into the playoffs. The conversation is at least at the table for not for an extension. I think for a franchise tag, because I think I still, and the team would still like to see more of a full body of work, but if he can put together a quality six games, whether like Duke said as well, it's a tryout for another team similar to what we saw with Cam Newton, where he's playing in New England now. It could be that, or it could be, hey, let's go out and get an O-lineman in the first round, see if we can put a little bit more protection around yeah, our 20 seconds beat on. Let's run this back one more time. So we'll see. I got confidence in Mitch. I will be betting on Mitch this weekend. I actually almost thought about just picking up picking him up in fantasy in all four leagues just because. I definitely picked him up in fantasy as well. Um, and let me get the clock going for myself because what Duke was saying about Mitchell Trubisky being blindsided. I think we all were as, as Brandon said, as Duke said, like we were all blindsided, including Mitchell Trubisky. And I think that pissed him off. And he also went into this interview and talked about how um, being on the scout team and not being paid attention to and all that stuff kind of 
he thrives in that moment. And it takes me back to, to hearing about Mitchell Trubisky and his high school coaches when he was like Mr. Fucking Ohio King Dick, that dude, I love kissing titties or whatever. What, what does it say? I like to kiss titties. Yeah. The, the city kisser, kisser, Mitchell Trubisky back in that time, his high school coaches used to put stuff on the bulletin board and just talk about how, yo, this guy's talking like this guy's saying that his quarterback's better than you, or this guy's saying that, or this guy's saying that motivated this guy. You know what I mean? And I feel like, and he even kind of acknowledged it. And that this was, there was a lot of self-recognition in this, the same way there was when he got benched. You know what I mean? It was just like, yo dude, I know I'm not good enough right now. And, and, and all that shit when he got benched. And, and now he's saying like, kind of, I think he acknowledged him being babied in a sense. And to me, it just seems like all the stars are aligned at this point. You know what I mean? Mitchell Trubisky realistically being on pace to to have his best statistical season and what would have been the best statistical season for a Chicago Bears quarterback. He was on pace for that. And and whatever you want to say about the defense is getting better, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. He was still on pace to have his best statistical season ever. And as a bear, he goes, he gets benched. Now you got Nick Foles. And if I, if you guys don't see this, it's, it's like stars are aligning. I'm drawing a, forget what you call those, uh, a sign. I don't know, but realistically Nick Foles gets benched or I'm sorry, Nick Foles goes out there. Offense looks garbage. Every single week, everyone is asking for Mitchell Trubisky gets worse and worse and worse. Now another star aligns. Matt Nagy gets let off the hook. Nick Foles is injured. He cannot play. Mitchell Trubisky is healthy. He can play. They're playing the green Bay Packers in Lambeau field on prime time television. Mitchell Trubisky has just been slinging the rock against his own Chicago bears vaunted defense. He's got six games to prove everything. Everyone thinks he's out. It's two minute Mitch right now. His back's against the wall. I mean, you talk about stars aligning. This fucking guy looks like the little dipper. If the bears some, for some reason, go on a run. If the bears for some reason go on a run, and this team could win like an NFC championship or make a run in the playoffs, even a Super Bowl run. This is the moment right here that the fucking book starts at. Like when they do the 30 for 30, Jordan's talking, it's Mitch talking, or it's me talking about Mitch, one of the two. Yeah. And it's going to start out with whether you liked it or not, that bald headed fuck had to deal with me for another year. Yeah. Um, but okay. Here, so let's here real quick too. Hold on. Hold on. So let me ask you this. So in a situation, uh, we'll call a fight situation. Okay. It's you and you're going up against someone that literally has nothing to lose. Are you going to fight that person or are you walking? If I have a lot to lose, I'm walking. I'm a jag exactly. off, so I'm still probably fighting. But Mitch, Mitch right now, to, to Duke's comment about, you know, are we going to bet on Mitch? Lucas, you said you picked him up in fantasy. The second this call hangs up, I'll be doing the same. Mitch, right now, this is it. This is literally, like you said, the stars are aligned. I'm trying to think of uh, what it's called when the stars actually align. But, yeah, we're not the we'll, – we'll, We're we'll not astrology just, guys. Yeah, we're not smart guys. Yeah, I took, like, one course, not, not my uh, cup of tea, but – just like you said, it's just like all the storylines compartmentalized and, and, and everything that has happened to him. And then on top of the fact, too, where it's like we talked about it before we started recording, like this Packers defense has some good DBs and a pass rush that can be good when they, you know, really put their nose down. But I'm not scared of this defense. And like with Mitch, 
if we can get him in space, like, hey, if he comes out of this game with 10 to 12 carries, I won't even be pissed. I know you guys want him to throw it all over the yard, but this is one of the worst run defenses in the league. All we need to do is be able to move the ball and put up points this week. I know it sounds like some Magic Johnson-esque shit, but we have to get back to the basics. What we've been watching for the last four weeks is atrocious. It's almost worse than like high school level football. Well, yeah, and I think it's going to actually like you think it's giving the fan base hope. Like it's going to give the team a spark as well. The same way exactly. Nick might have given them a spark or whatever. But I even feel like those guys were shocked. You know what I mean when he got benched as well. But I feel like it gives. Realistically, we're talking about the stars aligning. Mitchell Trubisky will be that that northern fucking light. That what do they call that? The North Star. Just follow him and you will fucking find your way home, dude. Follow Mitch to glory, everybody. Go ahead, Duke. Astrology on Taps is coming to you next. Uh, but if we're talking if we're talking uh, about big things in the run game, man, we got a little bit of a revenge thing brewing up. And being fans of the of an NFC North team long enough, we all know when players switch within the NFC North, they always have that huge game against their former team. We're gonna have Jason Spriggs at right tackle playing against a team that dropped him like a bad habit. In with against a run defense that is terrible. I really want to see Darnell Mooney like one on one with Adrian Amos in some capacity this week. That'll be fun. I mean, it's going to be one of the worst rush rushing offenses against one of the worst rushing defenses. And like when I pull my, you know, all my hope out and I start being a little bit more realistic and thinking with my head, it's like, well, every single bad defense that we've faced they got right on us. You know what I mean? They started playing against us and it wasn't a coincidence. Now that's why Mitchell Trubisky is the X factor. The bears ran the ball a lot better in the first couple of weeks. We know what they're like. Everyone knows what the, the weaknesses, the green Bay Packers are. It's their front seven. You know what I mean? Like Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith are strictly supposed to rush the passer, but they're absolutely getting gashed on the ground because there's nothing in the middle. And their linebackers are just terrible. Like against defending drags, um, any type of, like middle of the field routes, middle screens, they're getting gashed by like those, those check downs. Realistically, they're just getting gashed by. So it's, they're, they're easy to expose, but the bears have not been able to expose anybody. If, uh, if Packers radio up here is to be believed up here in Wisconsin, man, Preston Smith is apparently having a terrible season. And that is something that can be exposed both, you know, when he's not doing anything in the past game, he's very, average at best in the run game. And he has been absolutely doing nothing at getting the quarterback. So this can, you know, like, like you just said, you know, this is an opportunity for, uh, you know, defenses always kind of get right against us. Maybe this is an opportunity for our offensive line to get right against a bad rush defense. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of that any given Sunday idea, you know, if we're going to make a run at this, we just, we're coming off a bye week That's another thing that kind of plays into account here. We're coming off a bye week We're fresh. Um, you know, there was a lot of guys in that offense when Nick Foles came in, they were still kind of Mitchell Trubisky guys. That's going to kind of uh, add a little bit of element, seeing how hard some of these guys play for him as well. They might play a little bit more juiced up on that front five, knowing that they have a guy that can move around and help make their life a little bit easier as well. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can go into it. Am I, am I sitting here and saying that I think the bears offense is going to go fucking bananas on Sunday night. No, but I think that we're going to see a lot more of a spark on offense and that'll equate to more consistent production on offense. You know, whether that's getting in the field goal range, whether that's putting in a touchdown when we actually need complimentary to football, dookie do complimentary 100%. football. That's what we haven't played in so long is complimentary football. I mean, 
God, God forbid our only touchdown last week, I think, was the Cordero Patterson kick return. Oh, yeah. my God, dude. Yeah. Don't make me relive that two hey, weeks ago. That was the only thing that prevented me from eating ten glizzies instead of eight. So thank you very much, Cordero, for saving my stomach on two glizzies. But Hey, is it is it fair to say that realistically complimentary football would take beat on 300 from beat on 300 to beat on 3,000? Yeah, well, I'm already at 600, remember, because we got the 600. <laughs> no, and, but. Honestly, at at some point, maybe next holiday season, I'll drop like a beat on quote book and we'll throw it in the on tap store. It's a bunch of beat on quotes. Like we'll make little stickers. You can pull them out, little bumper stickers, put them on your car, put them on your laptop, whatever. We'll have to get like a little cartoon version of you two to put right like next to every quote. Just like gut hanging everything. Like no, just have it be the gifts that he makes of himself. <laughs> well, you gotta get creative with it. Everybody uses all the same <laughs> fat mug. Who like I literally have a Jimmy Neutron head. Why not put it on a gift? I gotta update them. I'll make some new ones. Okay, Jagoffs. You're a Jagoff with a Jimmy Neutron quote. <laughs> it's true, bro, dude. I wear like a seven and seven eighths hat. Yeah, just certain. fucking soft serve ice cream hair looking ass. God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and my hairline goes back like an inch every Bears game. It's absurd. Uh, I feel you there. Uh, I don't know, Lucas, how are we feeling about our defense against this Packers offense? I mean, they're fucking good, man. Aaron Rodgers is going nuts. Um, get pressure on him. He's a little bitch. Dude, they're converting. Their red zone TD percentage is 73.7. Okay, well, keep playing between the two. I really think the biggest thing with a guy like Aaron Rodgers is you know that he's so fucking talented that he's gonna do something, but you have to get into his head. Like They're I the think fourth best team in the red zone other than the Minnesota Vikings. So okay, yeah, I feel pretty decent against him. As, yeah, dude. I mean, you look what look at what they did against Tampa Bay. That was a huge fucking game, and Aaron shit the bet. Like Aaron played bad. Also, now, well, was, yeah, I wouldn't see cost of the game, but definitely yeah. the game flipped on those picks. And fourth best team in third down conversions as well. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I really look at it as Aaron Rodgers, the guy who's really, really high on his own supply, I guess, to put it nicely. And that's somebody that you just need to get in their head. And I think that's where if a guy like Akeem Hicks end up, ends up playing and ends up getting a nice little lick on Aaron, we all know Akeem talks. Akeem doesn't care who you are. Akeem was well, talking like, shit down with, Cook. I mean, within, uh, within fair play and not drawing a 15 yard flag, rattle his oh. fucking cage. Give him a nice, give him a nice shot. I know. You know, the quarterbacks are very well protected in the NFL. You literally cannot even breathe on them at this point. But if you have an opportunity to get a nice, clean shot on Aaron Rodgers all night, take him. All right. I hate to, to th- throw a loophole into it, but just look at in, into these stats. I got to ask you guys, over, under, Bears, third down percentage, 32 and a half. Would you say over or under? under. I'd say under. 31.1%. They are the worst behind the New York Jets, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Indianapolis Colts. Well, and actually, you know what it is? It's because they call stupid fucking plays that they don't even throw a pass of sticks on. They call stupid screen passes and, like, curl routes for, like, five yards when they need 12 yards. Or, if it's last year, they just throw, like, Tariq Cohen into triple coverage. You know, to that point, though, um, I will say, you know, I don't have the official stat on my head, but I kind of was, you know, when I was doing uh, Bears breakdowns every week, I was kind of keeping an eye on it with uh, how Mitch was running the offense. Uh, Mitch, in his games that he played this year, we actually were probably middle of the pack in third down percentage. We were converting on third down pretty consistently. 
Because if the pocket breaks down and Mitch has got to make something happen, you can make something happen. Nick Foles clearly could not do that on even the slowest of defensive linemen in the NFL. Well, and he's, his his mobility is probably he looks like Kurt worse Warner. or the same as Philip Rivers. Like he's minus the swear words and the nine kids. Hey, I'm not I'm not gonna hear any uh any flack on Stone Cold uh, Phil Rivers. So dog on it. That that dog game, Mamma Jamma. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I I always think back to that Darnell Mooney play against the Giants, where Mitch bought time with his feet, kind of moving around in the pocket, and kind of was able to point Mar- uh, Mooney to the right spot to throw it for the touchdown. And man, that's just that's something Mitch has always done well. He's made he's made chicken salad out of chicken shit on a lot of plays. I'm not saying that, you know, he wasn't the chicken shit on a good amount of those plays, but he has had those moments where he's just made something out of nothing. And that's just a big thing that you can use when you, you're, you have an ability to use your feet. I mean, hell, even a guy like, you know, big Ben, who shouldn't be a good example of this, but he's a guy that will sit in the pocket. And if the pocket breaks down, he'll move, you know, even, even being as large as, you know, left tackle motherfucker as he is eating cheeseburgers on the sidelines, the fucker will move. And that opens up a lot. I could see him eating like a chili cheese dog on the sidelines. No joke. Like literally in between quarters. Um, but when you look at the, the Green Bay Packers defense in general, they're exposable. They're letting up 4.4 yards carry. You know, it's bottom half of the league. Um, overall, I mean, it's just so hard to. This is what you so, gotta do. This is what you gotta do. You gotta, and and we say this like we've. This is our meatball version of it. It's you gotta come out with a good script. You gotta get the run established early. I don't want to see us coming out and getting like a three and out like we're playing Madden and throwing three deep routes. Like I want to see some sort of continuity in these drives. I want to make sure that this defense isn't on the field for thirty-five plus minutes. We need to make sure it's even within the time of possession. We need to make sure that even if we're not scoring, let's get to the 40. Let's get to the 50. Let's give Pat O'Donnell a chance to pin them deep. Let's not like literally go through. Let's not go three and out like we always do. We're not extend drives to the point where it's literally one or two first downs and then it's a wrap. We're punting it. Let's keep Pat O'Donnell off the field. The defense this week, honestly, like you guys said about how, how uh, Mitch is coming back, might fire them up. I know we call for, for pick sixes and crazy shit to happen every week on the defense, but Aaron Rodgers has been throwing some ducks this year. Like you said about in that Bucks game, like with, with Eddie Jackson back there, maybe, maybe our guy Buster screen goes and gets one to, to, to come back from the dead. That'd be nice to see. Like there's a lot of different things that can happen, but it starts up front. It starts with being able to move the rock on the ground, get those safeties to come up. And then we know Mitch has the arm for it. We know we can have receivers like Mooney or Miller that can get into space. We got to make things happen that way. It's got to be a meatball, a meatball take to the, to the game this weekend. Yeah. And realistically why I bring up the offense and how they need to expose the defense. I mean, it's been the the same story every single week, but it's just different matchups. Realistically, the, just like every other year or just like every other team this year, the bears are going to be able to hold the Packers to a reasonable, it's not, it's never going to be a Mark Trestman game. The Packers are not going to put up 49 on this defense in no way. know how they could have the ball all 60 minutes. That's just how I feel realistically, you know, I'll eat my words if I need to. But if you look at the last two years, the um, 2018, 
the Bears held the Packers to 24 and we it was the miraculous comeback. So that was ridiculous. 17. And then last year they held them to 10 and 21. So I know that the Packers offense is going insane, but this is a divisional game. So it will be close. And that's why we need this offense to be able to put up some points because it's just, it's, it's just, it, it is what it is, man. And at least I feel like Mitch gives us some hope. Duke, how you feeling brother? Um, I guess kind of like flipping it to the other side so we can talk a little bit about how this defense matches up with their offense. Um, I think a big, a big key, and I know this is going to sound crazy. Like if I said this like four or five years ago, people would be asking me, people would be asked for drug tests, but I honestly think Aaron Rodgers isn't the Aaron we should be worried about. And we have to, we have to contain Aaron Jones because when Aaron Jones can go off in uh, the Mike uh, Matt LaFleur offense, then that, that opens up play action. That opens up a lot of plays. He runs really hard to dude, dude, Aaron Jones, the dog, and he's definitely going to go get paid in free agency, whether it's by green Bay or not He runs really fucking hard. Yeah. Um, but I really think containing him and making Aaron kind of have to try to kind of pick at our secondary, that's going to be our best shot to get turnovers. I think in this game, you know, dude, at, at that point, if we can stop Aaron Jones on the ground, fuck Aaron Rodgers. Let Kyle Fuller, Jalen Johnson, Eddie Jackson, and fucking Deshaun Gibson go do their jobs. You know what I mean? Let them let them get their lunch pails out and go to work because Aaron doesn't like thrown towards Eddie Jackson. I think that's been obviously clear, especially the past two years. Kyle Fuller is consistently stingy. He's having, you know, I'm, I wrote an article about this earlier in the week, having probably an all pro season at this point that nobody's talking about Jalen Johnson. He's probably going to be the guy that's going to get picked on, but if they're not thrown to uh Devonte Adams, that's going to be a matchup with a guy like Alan Lazard, who uh, that's how do you not pick a, J- a Jalen Johnson in that matchup alone? You know, obviously just- Aaron's, Aaron's gonna be able to place the ball, but if I'm taking, if I'm talking one-on-one in like a fucking, like a practice, I'm taking Jalen Johnson 10 times out of 10. For sure. And just a side note, Jalen Johnson, that's why you pick a guy that played the whole year with the torn labrum because tweaked his ankle, went out of the game, didn't come back. Didn't even see him on the injury report really. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, I, I will <laughs> stick to the fact, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't praise Jalen Johnson like as much. Cause I know it's coming. I know it's going to be the top topic of this defense probably for the next five to seven years, but everyone at Utah that I talked to after he got drafted, cause I try, I was like jumping in message boards or spots on Twitter, or even bleach report. Cause they got the different errors. You can like errors. You could talk to people. Every one of those Utah fans said that Jalen Johnson could be the best player that's ever come out of their school. So, I mean, I, yeah. Dude, just an absolute animal. He can get his paws on anybody, and he has no problem doing it. So I really he's think aggressive he's, too, man. And and I'd rather have him make the mistake at 110 percent than on some complete Jalen Ramsey Jack offery. As a rookie, fuck Jalen Ramsey. I just want to say that one more time. Fuck Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was kind of getting bullied a little bit in that Buck game for a little while, but um, oh, yeah. I mean, he's an elite player, but realistically what I like so much out of Jalen Johnson is just the fact that he's not backing down. So kind of in the same sense of, you know, he makes his mistakes 110%. I feel like it's still calculated though. Like he's not out there making like the, the plays that he's missed. Don't absolutely murder the team. He's not like doing not out there with his head down and just looking at, yeah. Like he's, he's fucking, he's not backing down to anyone. Like he, if you tell him like, Hey, I need you to match up against Julio Jones, he'll go do it. And you got to love to see that out of a first year player. The sky's the limit for that kid. Can we use Cole Komet this week? Now that Mitch is back. I think that's going to be 
really essential using I mean, dude, like, have, all right we haven't talked about it yet but like i know there really isn't enough of like a sample size in the nfl for me to like we do my own no no i know but i'm saying like like we called for what at the beginning of the season i said 25 catches maybe three touchdowns he might not even get to that but like when when he is used in this offense for example like in the rams game uh last week like all these times he's getting passes. These are plays that they tried to draw for for Demetrius Harris. Plays that they have given to Jimmy Graham and have all of a sudden stopped giving as many targets to Jimmy Graham, which I also don't get. Like they need to just get the hands in their in or the ball in the hands of their playmakers and let them make something happen. They're trying to make stuff deep down the field happen too much. Take what you can get. If you have receivers that are capable of getting yards after the catch, like Allen Robinson, who he doesn't do it in a fast way. He he's mowing people down. You know, Miller can make it happen with his legs. Mooney, the same thing. And then Komet will just, you know, run you over. Go that route instead of these long developing plays where we're trying to hit a deep ball. I, I fucking hate that type that type well, of offense. My biggest thing about Cole Komet is, like, I know it's an extremely small sample size, but tell me how many of his plays that he's made this year where you weren't like, oh, my God, that's that's a big boy play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. every one of his plays you made, you're like, oh, that's Every long tight end play in Chicago, and we really, I mean – Outside yeah, of we Martellus, shipped Greg Olson out for exactly, fucking nothing, right? Outside like, of Martellus Bennett, uh, we've really been cursed since Greg Olson in that position. You know, we had guys like Desmond Clark in the early 2000s that were, you know, pretty reliable guys. We have never really had that, like, transcendent tight end on our team. And, I mean... I'm sorry, hold on. Ooh. Ooh. And, uh, and speaking of the tight end room, I mean, two points. Jimmy Graham's first game against the Packers as a Chicago Bear... And Cole Komet's first game against the Packers growing up as a Chicago Bears fan. So that's, that's, uh, there's just, there's every storyline in the world. Cole Komet anytime touchdown bet for Lucas right there. This is literally the little dipper game put just, just Bears money line. Oh, Cole Komet anytime. All of it. Also back in, uh, what is it? Back in July. Jalen Johnson said one of the first things when asked about being a Chicago bear said he wants to pick off Aaron Rodgers, defend Devontae Adams. So I'm saying he doesn't want to back down on anyone. All right. Um, are there any keys to the game you think we're missing? I, I think we covered a lot of kind of the matchups and players and stuff like that injury report, but is there anything like that before we get into sport, score predictions you guys want to get out? Um, all for me, I guess, uh, man, inside linebacker play for green Bay is so bad. Like it has to be exposed. Like if, we like the offense has to somehow, whether it's short passes over the middle or something, dude, it has to be exposed. They're just, there's a lot of just holes on this Packer defense. Dave Montgomery. Nope. No pun intended. A lot of holes on this Packer defense. Yeah. I, I thought it. about it. Wisconsin rat bastard. <laughs> hey man, that, that take is shredded, bro. Dude. I honestly, you're like, such a jack. <laughs> that take is shredded, bro. I, uh, like I said, I mean, it takes some people longer throughout the week to think that the Bears are going to win every week. But, like, as soon as that last whistle blows and our dicks are blown off and, like, everyone's crying on Twitter about it, that 24 hours rolls around. I'm on to Green Bay. Bears are winning this fucking Sunday. I got nothing else until we get to sport predictions. I mean, yeah, and realistically, Dave Montgomery being back is so huge to try to, you know, Matt you know, Nagy. there. Yeah, and Matt Nagy has said he's going back to some of the older stuff that they did. Not exactly, but just kind of like, hey, we're going to do what worked well for us. Um, 
if Nick Foles was starting this game, I'd have zero hope. I'd oh, have yeah. none. So at yeah, least, like, Mitchell Trubisky's, like, here to let get, at least get me up for the letdown. You know, exactly. Bad. And with Montgomery and Miller, we have an opportunity at, at, you know, salt and pepper, sugar and spice, J.R. Smith and Magic City. Like, we have an opportunity to kind of re- recreate on a smaller scale what kind of plays that, you know, a change of pace back can provide for your offense. Yep, definitely missing Tariq Cohen. Um, Fucking love him on Twitter during the games, bro. Holy shit. He's oh, dude, real. So He's good. so real. The live tweet gangster of all time. Make yeah, I mean, dude, the, the Bears have an opportunity to win this game. The Packers are beatable. Jacksonville took them to the wire. This Bears defense is overwhelming. We know that for a fact. We need Mitchell to come and just bring his, his meat on the table. Put his meat on the table. And, too, on, on, on top of the fact that I believe, not a math guy, but I believe we're one and a half games back in the division. Obviously, still two games against the Packers, one game against the Vikings, one game against the Lions. And then as far as the wild card goes, Tampa plays the Chiefs this weekend. You can pretty much chalk that up as an L. If we can gain some steam on Tampa and be in contention for that wild card once we figure it the fuck out, would love to see this Bears team at least make a run at a playoff spot. All right. So, bold predictions and score predictions. We will start with you, Duke. All right. So, the score, I'm going to have probably a little bit tighter because I Packers offense will end up scoring on us. But I have it at 27-24. I think, I think the offense is going to have a shot in the arm. I think uh, – I think whether Nagy wants it or not, I think if uh, Bill Bill Lazor is still calling plays, he's going to call a lot of Mitchell Trubisky type plays, getting him moving, moving the pocket, kind of what we were talking about uh, the other day, Lucas. You know, getting Mitch on the move to throw the football. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and um, you know, I I think obviously Aaron's going to score, so you know that's that's just going to happen. But I really think we can also wreak havoc. I, this is going to be a very similar game to uh, 2018, the second game against them where we clinch. It's going to be a tight, hard-fought game, but I think we're going to end up with a victory. So 27-24 for the Bears. What's your yeah. bold prediction? Bold prediction? Cleo Mack's going to have two sacks, and one of them will be for, for a strip sack. Just dong on the table. Let's go. Yeah, so mine kind of have to go hand-in-hand, hand and, and again – Tinfoil hat Don in the building. We're here. 300 all-purpose yards for Mitch. Three touchdowns combined. Whether it's God, you know, saw. Yep, yep, yep. I'm doing it to him. Hey, you 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 asked me to put my meat on the table. Do you want? No, you took mine. You took mine. That's all it is. Well, you can you can find two in yours, but I no, like. You're good. I got I, I got a different one. I made mine how I feel the game will go, and I don't think he'll have 300 yards in the air, but I do think he'll be extremely close if not over 300 yards between him on the ground and in the air and we're going to need the game of a lifetime out of him i mean this is it this is really actually the the, the game that we die with our team on because if we lose this game i mean gg on the fucking season there's a lot of question marks if they lose this game and if they lose it in a bad fashion but hey i'm here to tell you the bears aren't going to lose this game the bears are going to find a way to win a football game on sunday night in front of the whole nation Get a sliver of respect back. The Bears are going to win this one 31-28, and it's going to be on the leg of Cairo Santos to walk it off. Okay. Okay, I like it. All right, so check this out. 
I see this being a very efficient game for Mitch. I don't see this being him throwing the ball all over the place, but I see him, I see him dropping into those spots in the middle of the field that are going to be really easy. Um, but I also see us t- making a very concerned effort to ru- rush the ball. And now this is going to be not concerned, concerted, whatever. I don't know fucking English, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> I think that the bears are going to get like, try to get on track with the running game, not get the rushing yards they want. I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to move them in between, in between the twenties. He's going to have upwards of 75%, 75% being the floor of his completion percentage. And I think he's going to get like uh, 225 in yardage, maybe one passing touchdown, but I think the bears are going to have two to three rushing touchdowns, which would actually triple any of their other singular games. Um, Dave Montgomery's only got one on the, on the year. So I think realistically they're going to get the ball in the end zone more than they usually do. It's not going to be throwing the ball. They're going to be running the ball into the end zone, but that's just how I see this going down. Bears are going to win this game. 31. I like that to 17. I think it's going to be kind of one of those things where it's like kind of how Duke was saying, but instead of it being neck and neck, a shootout, I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And then the bears pull out at the end, maybe a, maybe a defensive, uh, you know, turnover on the one or two yard line type thing. But I just, I just see it being really tight up until like that time when, you know, when they did take the division and they pull away. Kind of like the Notre Dame, kind of like the Notre Dame game this afternoon. Same exact score, too, big fella. All right, so I just want to do a big shout out, um, and I'm gonna echo what both these jagoffs are gonna think too. We've made it to 100 episodes. We have not all personally been on all these 100 episodes, but the fact that we've caught an, as much steam as we have at this point in the year, dude. Shout out to everybody who's listening to this podcast right now. You guys are all fucking awesome. We've made it this far. Hopefully we're cheersing at fucking 200 episodes at some point with all of you still along for the ride. I can't dude. None of us can say enough about you guys. You guys are awesome. You guys are what keeps us up at night looking for more bears info. That's what keeps us up doing the articles, everything, everyone at bears on tap, everyone on tap sports net. We all appreciate you guys to the absolute fucking moon and back. And we throw some pretty fucking bang ass tailgates too, but we obviously can't do that this year. So right out just- there. Um, but at the end of the day, go ahead and follow us at Bears on Tap or follow on Tap Sportsnet for all of your Chicago sports needs. I'm Lucas Perfetti. You can go ahead and follow me at Lucas Perfetti 46 or follow my guy Duke Coughlin at that pod guy Duke or Brandon Soares at beat on 300 code for Manscaped. If you're looking to groom yourself a little bit, maybe if you're looking to get your man groomed, maybe you just need a little bit of deodorant for down there. Go ahead and type in on tap at Manscaped for 20 percent off. We love you guys and bear down. Happy 100th episode. I completely forgot about that. I'm such a jag. Bear down. Fuck the Packers. Bear down. Aaron Rodgers ate Thanksgiving dinner alone. <laughs> <laughs>